This is the Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Every game. You are going to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, look, throws toward the corner of the end zone. It is intercepted! Intercepted! The next time the ball! Every story. If we just continue to push and grind and go and take care of our guys, it's going to be built to last. The Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck owner, Justin Hopkins. And... Matt Bagley from 96.1, 580, The Game. Hi, everybody. Matt Bagley here. Justin Hopkins alongside the internet with me here. Scoop Duck and Hi-Fi talking Oregon, UCLA. And first, let's talk about Oregon and the game they won last Friday. Um, you know, there's really two ways to look at this. Some people say style points don't matter, and some people... And I say some people, some of my listeners, I got so many calls about this, feel like Oregon is not getting a passing grade with that win over Cal. A lot of people upset about the quarterback play and the offense and just the malaise in the program. How do you feel after that W? Yeah, of course, you know, uh, the number one thing is getting the win, right? I mean, you've got to you got to go out there and you've got to expect that you're going to get more than likely that team's best uh, shot at you. You've got to expect that, um, you know, they're going to make the game difficult. Uh, I think Cal, along with like UCLA this week, you know, they probably spent a little extra time looking at your team, uh, you know, getting ready uh, if, if they're being truthful. So uh, I, I would say this, if Oregon was six and zero. Oh, at the moment, I would say style points probably don't matter uh, as much. But being five and one, and the fact that you know you've got a lot of other teams that are are similarly, you know, five and one, four and one, whatever the case might be, um, I think style points are going to matter a little bit because as we've not now gotten a bigger sample size, you know, it's starting to look like that Ohio State win is a bit of an outlier for the Ducks in, in the regard that, you know, Oregon played really well there, offense, defense, everything was clicking. Anthony Brown played, uh, you know, a, a, an above-average game, played a good game. Um, and, and outside of that, we just haven't seen a lot from the Ducks. Now, are they, you know, are they taking advantage of lesser opponents outside of Stanford uh, and the Ohio State win? Or, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, I think for Oregon, some style points are going to start to matter now. I don't. I don't think that that always applies, but with the way the Pac-12 conference is shaping up, and and just the lack of 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 top-end teams right now, it certainly look like certainly looks like the Ducks are going to need some style points at some point. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't think that was the case in September after you go to Columbus and beat the Buckeyes, but really to me it comes down to that Stanford loss, and I've said this all year. I felt like if this team ran the table. They had an argument to go to the playoff. With that Stanford loss, they got to up their style points and they got to get some help from the rest of the country. Yeah, yeah, you need you, you now you need help. But I, I, here's the thing, uh, and and this is going to go with the bigger bigger point. I think that um, uh, you, me, the other media, the fans, if the expectations is the playoffs and the championships, I think that's kind of the golden goose right there. I I. I I think our expectation, I'm not saying that the the team shouldn't be striving for that because it is within some form of striking range. But to me, 
just getting into the playoffs is probably the absolute pinnacle of what Oregon football could do this year. I think we need to be a little bit more real, realistic and say, okay, look, you need to win a conference championship uh, and, and really do your best to make sure, make sure that you're in a Rose Bowl uh, or a bowl, you know, similar to that. I think that's more of like the floor. So, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do because what everyone will do because Oregon's five and one and still a top 10 team as we're going to continue the narrative that, you know, Oregon has a shot at a playoff and they do, albeit a slim one, they do. But more realistically, the expectation should be win the Pac-12 North, win the Pac-12 championship, you know, get into a, a good bowl game, albeit the Rose Bowl, whatever the case might be, get into that bowl game. I think that's really what the expectation should be. Uh, if you can get above that, I think it's just I think it's just gravy. Yeah, it, this reminds me a lot of Justin Herbert's last year at Oregon where you lose to Auburn in the opener and then lose to Arizona State in November, but there was still a shot. Ducks were going to win the Pac-12 North, of course. There was still a shot that Oregon could uh, win the Pac-12 title and win a Rose Bowl. And I remember saying with you then, I think if you could tell the fans, hey, we're going to win a Pac-12 title and we're going to win a Rose Bowl, everything's going to be okay, fans will accept that. But you just can't. You can't know that. You can't believe that with what you're seeing on October 20th. And and I and again, I you know that's going to be the issue that that you know maybe we will potentially face the next couple of weeks. Everybody's still got, you know the the you know there's playoff hopes. Everybody continues to talk about it as they should. Oregon is in the talks, but unfortunately that skews our expectations. And and I just I think and when I say us, I, I think you know more of the the common fan. Uh, and whatnot, that's still the goal. It should be the goal. But I, I just, if if that's where you're going to grade Oregon football this year and say, look, they didn't make the playoffs, it was a failure, I just don't think that's fair. You know, I just don't think that's fair. I think if they make the playoff, you say, hey, look, we got we got a little bit lucky. We played with house money and, and got a little bit farther than we should have. But uh, I just don't think a lot of fans are seeing it that way. And, uh, you know, and so and so you take that and you combine it with the fact that Oregon hasn't played very good football. I mean, they aren't looking very good offensively. Anthony Brown continues to struggle. You know, a lot of fans have questions. The defense really, since Ohio State, the defense has steadily regressed, in my opinion. And I just think it adds for a lot of frustration. And a lot of it is understood. Yeah. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of sports radio. It's it's one of my favorite things about my job is just turning a radio on and, and flipping through stations. I've heard a lot of takes up here in the Portland area that Anthony Brown and the struggles of the Oregon offense are hurting recruiting. Do you feel that way? Well, it's pretty clear that when you've got a top five class right now, it's certainly hurting recruiting. I think there are concerns for folks that, you know, you see a number of high profile wide receivers committed and quite frankly, Oregon's current receivers aren't getting the football. And then I think, you know, folks are, 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 are piling on saying, well, you got, you know, you signed Troy Franklin. He's a five-star. You, you signed Dante Thornton last year. They're not seeing the field all that much. Um, I will say that I understand what folks are saying. I will say I understand why folks feel that way. But, you know, I guess maybe to my point is I'm pretty sure Mario Cristobal is aware of all these things. Mario Cristobal is putting the best 11 guys out there on the field on each side of the ball. Um, you know, 
again, I I keep saying this. I don't think anybody in the world wants to win more than Mario Cristobal at Oregon. You know, I, nobody wants Oregon football to succeed more than Mario Cristobal. So if that's the case, and I know fans want to, want to win and stuff too, I'm sure he's putting the best product out there he can. There's absolutely no reason for him, you know, to sit, you know, his five stars and hurt himself in recruiting because he's not an idiot. He understands that, you know, that can hurt him twofold. So at the moment, it doesn't seem to be hurting Oregon. Uh, you know, you got a highly uh, coveted wide receiver and, and Ted Roya McMillan committed. Everybody's everybody's going to continue to recruit him no matter what Oregon does. If Oregon ran the table, if Oregon lost every game, everybody's going to continue to recruit him. That's the nature of recruiting. Um, you know, so that really isn't too big of a factor to me. Um, I think the offense can. You know, I think the offense can get there, but they definitely have some work. Uh, ahead, that's you, for sure. You made me chuckle a little bit when you said, hey, Mario Cristobal, he's not an idiot. I, I agree with you. I've seen that firsthand, but I'm curious just from where you sit, how common is it for you to talk to somebody in the industry and go, okay, this guy's a dumbass? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, uh, it definitely. you know, I, I guess maybe not a dumbass. You, you really can pretty easily identify all the people that are the hot take crowd. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you're looking for a, a sound bite or, you know, whatever the case might be. But yeah, it happens. Um, <clears throat> uh, Oregon getting ready for UCLA Saturday in the Rose Bowl. What concerns you about this matchup? Chip Kelly, uh, UCLA, uh, Zach Charbonnet. Um, I mean, you kind of name it. You know, something that that I think that you and I had talked about, you know, leading into the season even not even this game but leading into the season i've i felt that this was chip kelly's best team that he had at ucla since he's been there um you know they have some upperclassmen they have seniors they have a good running attack i won't say that dtr is a great quarterback but he's effective and efficient enough uh to run that offense um you know there's two sides here you know there's no doubt in my mind that chip kelly is going to get up for this game and have some tricks in his sleeve and want to win it really badly. But on the flip side, you know, Mario Cristobal tends to, you know, play his best football when it's a, a bigger stage and a bigger game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having having the opportunity to not only beat Chip Kelly, but having the opportunity to go into L.A., uh, into any recruits that are in the stands and, and, and show them what you, you know, what you tell them when you're recruiting. Hey, we want to... You know, we want to take over the West. We want to be the dominant team. We want to be physical. Um, you know, when you're telling those guys all these things, you, you know, you really got to show up and do it on the field. And I think that, uh, you know, that Ohio State win resonated with a lot of recruits because of the fact that Oregon was physical and tough and you went and beat a really good Big Ten team. Um, you got to go do that against UCLA here. So, and, and, and Mario Cristobal knows that. So I'm sure he's got... Uh, you know, all eyes on UCLA and, and will put a lot of attention there. And again, to his credit, he usually answers the bell when it's when some of these bigger games come up. Yeah, I, I do think there is something, like you said, to the fact that this is an L.A. game and and the base of this Oregon team, we might not want to think about it this way, right? It's not a Pacific Northwest base. It's not an Oregon base. It's an L.A. base. Right. And that, yeah. And, that, and it will continue to be that way under Mario Cristobal, because let's be real, there's, you know, two, three, maybe four players, uh, you know, in the state of Oregon that you might recruit in a given year. Right. 
maybe another two or three that you might pull out of Washington uh, potentially. Uh, but other than that, you're going to head south and and get down there and 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 get your hands on some of that elite, you know, talent down there. Uh, it certainly seemed to have worked pretty well getting Kayvon Thibodeau up here and and uh, Troy Franklin and some of the other guys. So um, yeah, to be able to go down there and win in front of them and they don't have to jump on a plane and spend money to come up and see you at Oregon, uh, it's kind of like uh, you know, it's kind of like a home game sort of. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it really is. And I, I think about the blowout win over USC a few years back and Oregon having success against these schools in years past. I, I think that there is a chance you see a really loose, really, really fresh, fun Oregon team on Saturday that feels like a home game. Yeah, well, and, you know, I... I put this poll on Twitter uh, earlier today before you and I are recording this on Wednesday, you know, who, who will have more fans in the stands? Will it be, you know, Oregon or UCLA? And, you know, obviously we won't know till till game time, but I, I think I feel pretty confident that, you know, at worst, it'll probably be 50, 50 at worst. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Just all, all the families getting those comp tickets. And then of course, all the alums, you know, I, this is, this is totally off topic, but, Maybe my all-time favorite thread I've ever seen on your site is when the new site was launched, a bunch of people made this meet your poster thread where where your readers would just kind of share their bios and who they were about and how they became a fan. And I was blown away by how many people said, you know, I'm, I'm a Duck fan and I, I grew up in Oregon, yada, 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 went to Oregon, yada, 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 and then moved to the Bay Area. Or I'm a Duck fan, I grew up in Oregon, went to Oregon, and then I moved to SoCal. And, and there really is a presence there. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge base for Oregon. And, and again, it won't just be the people traveling down from, from Portland and Eugene. You'll get, you know, obviously the folks that do live in L.A. and, and now don't have to you know, go all the way to Eugene to see the Ducks in person. And, you know, the best thing is uh, the Rose Bowl is a huge arena, can seat a, a gazillion people. Uh, it never fills up outside of the actual Rose Bowl. So, you know, tickets are cheap. You can get there and get to the game and, you know, and for 30 bucks or whatever, you can get down there and watch watch Oregon and UCLA. And it should be a great game. And it should be, uh, you know, pretty good weather. And, and uh, yeah, it should be a great afternoon for, for people that are able to go. Have you ever been to the Rose Bowl? Oh yeah. Yep. Been there a few times. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not, <laughs> it's not super convenient. Right. You know I mean? There's not, a, not a lot of the modern day stuff that, you know, many of the, of the stadiums now have, but, uh, I, I mean, I think that's also something that you appreciate about, appreciate about it too. You know, you kind of respect the history and, and just, you know, kind of walking in and it, it, it is a pretty amazing stadium, but yeah. Uh, you know, it can get pretty bottlenecked getting in and getting out and uh, getting to the bathrooms and getting a drink and stuff like that aren't the most convenient, but it's part of its charm, I guess. I always find it funny because my dad grew up in L.A. and so he went to the L.A. Coliseum and he went to the Rose Bowl a bunch of times. And uh, but but he's a football fan, not a baseball fan. I just always kind of funny that football fans want that new, pristine, modern stadium. You talk about the restrooms. I, I have so many horror stories of restrooms going to Raider games in the Oakland Coliseum or, or other old sites. And then compare that to, like, baseball fan, where 
you want to go to Fenway and you want to go to Wrigley. You, you know, you want somewhere with history, somewhere old. Yeah. Yeah. No, you do. And that, and that's, I mean, those are, you know, I'm not a big baseball guy, but those are a couple, uh, you know, bucket list items for me. Go, uh, you know, go to Fenway and see the big, you know, giant monster and, and uh, you know, get down to Dodger Stadium, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. But yeah, like you said, uh, the amenities are not uh, what the, the new stadiums are like anymore. But, no. uh, you know, again, like I said about the Rose Bowl, I guess that's part of its charm in the end. Yeah. So we talked about concerns heading into this game. I agree with you. Always concerned about Chip. I still have the utmost respect for him. think he's a football genius. Um, throw those concerns aside. What are you most excited about on Saturday? You know, I just... You know, again, maybe to circle back to have an opportunity to go, uh, you know, to L.A., play in front of a lot of really good recruits. You know, there should be quite a few recruits there. It's a Saturday game, uh, you know, so you don't have to conflict with, like, you know, Friday night lights and, and these recruits playing their game. Um, you know, they can make the quick drive over. I'm sure a lot of them will be excited to go check it out. Um, and really, I think in there, you know, I think in there somewhere is a – better version Oregon team than what we've seen the last couple of weeks, you know, ever since the Ohio state team, it just, they haven't been the same. And I, and I think that with the Ohio state win, you know, they went in charged, they went in with a good game plan. They executed, they were consistent, didn't kind of shoot themselves in the foot and make the, you know, kind of the silly mistakes that they continue to make now. And so I think that version of Oregon football is still in there somewhere. They just need to, you know, be a lot more consistent on both sides of the ball mm-hmm. uh, and flat out execute. And 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 yeah, Anthony Brown is definitely a part of that, but it's not, you know, it's not just him. He's not on the defense, not, you know, forcing the turnovers that made them wildly successful to start the season, uh, you know, or missing the tackles at the linebacker spot or whatever the case might be. But he's certainly a part of it. So that that to me is, you know, I feel like every week, you know, is a chance for us to kind of get that, you know, good version of Oregon football back again. And I think we'll see it at some point. Uh, You know, hopefully it's this week. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned the turnovers. Um, You know, that's a point that I have to give credit to QB 11, one of your guys at the site and a moderator and and somebody that I I love talking to on Twitter from time to time. Uh, He pointed out early in the year, this Oregon team has a formula. They have to force turnovers. They have to have a positive turnover differential. And when they don't, they're a different team. And and I agree with them. I think half the battle for Oregon, if you force turnovers, you're getting great field position, and you don't need Anthony Brown to march the offense down 80 yards. You might only need 20 or 30, right? Like it's, It's a completely different game if you can force turnovers. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. And, and to his point, which maybe he, you know, I'm sure that he probably meant, but, you know, maybe not didn't quite illustrate is, you know, when Oregon's getting turnovers, whether it's, heck, whether it's in their end zone or whether it's in the other end zone, um, you are effectively, you know, stealing a possession. And that is exactly what, you know, that is exactly what teams are trying to do to Oregon. They are you know, you can make fun of the offensive woes, but every other team is basically trying to run the ball, you know, have these super long drives that take, you know, half the quarter, uh, you know, they sustain, they keep Anthony Brown on the sidelines, they keep, you know, uh, CJ Verdell and Travis Dye on the, on the sidelines, and they basically steal a possession from Oregon. Well, you pretty much need to 
get a force a turnover to kind of get that possession back. And I think that, you know, that's something Oregon was able to do early on. And again, they haven't, you know, had a lot of success doing it lately. Uh, you know, if they can get back to doing that instead of scoring 27 or 34 points in what I would call kind of the hard way, you know, you're able to get those 34, 37, 40 points uh, in a much easier way uh, when you get that extra possession or two. Yeah. Okay. Well, Oregon, UCLA should be a lot of fun on Saturday. Um, you want to get into five games? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Five games we think you should watch. The catch is always none of those five games feature Oregon. So these are five different games from me and five different games from Justin that we think you might enjoy this weekend. I'll go first with one of mine. This is Friday night, 7.30 on ESPN2. And I've, I've the best explainer I have for this. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be an upset, but... It is a night game in the Pac-12, and that means hashtag Pac-12 after dark, in effect. It could get weird. U-Dub at Arizona. You know, I didn't write it down, but, it, you know, uh, again, you and I talking off air before, uh, not a lot of options to pick from to come no. up with five. So that one totally makes sense. I think most Oregon fans have no problem watching uh, the Washington debacle that is currently their 2021 season. So, um, yeah, I think that, I think that one, you know, I could totally see that one being on upset alert. So that's definitely worthy of putting on. I did. I know we, we talked about this off air. I did put, put on coastal Carolina and app state on one of mine, which is a, a game tonight, Wednesday at four 30. I know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of other sports going on, playoff baseball, you know, NBA blazers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I'll be busy no matter what, but yeah, I'll, I would say that's a game worth watching simply because it's kind of nice to have a Wednesday game, usually when there's not so much else going on. Yeah, yeah. my logic is just this. The Dodgers and Braves is an awesome series. I'm going to watch every minute of that that I can. Uh, Boston and Houston now tied up at two. I'm going to watch every minute of that that I can. Blazers opening night tonight. NBA, most of the league tipping off tonight. I love the way Coastal plays. That's a really fun team. They do a lot of creative and, and really compelling stuff from a strategic perspective. Um, but it's college football on a Wednesday. Like, there's just so much else going on. If, if that's a, a Friday game or a Saturday game, I'm going to watch it. I'm not tuning in on a Wednesday. Yeah, no, it, it'll be tough. But uh, that's the only one. There's, it's really weird that there's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday games this week. Uh, there's multiple games on Thursday and Friday, uh, just the one tonight. But uh, I went ahead and skipped ahead to Saturday and went with Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Saturday, 1230, I think that's a game worth watching. And uh, I, I think Oklahoma State might be on upset alert there. Yeah, twelve thirty on Fox Saturday afternoon. I got that game too, and I I look at that as everybody loved Texas two weeks ago. They lose back to back. They lose to this Oklahoma State side, and now you've got Oklahoma State in the top ten. Um, Mike Gundy has evolved, kind of the same thread we talked about with. Cristobal and Saban last week 
uh, a coach that has really changed how he calls a game, and his team have benefited from it. And then you have an Iowa State side with Matt Campbell that I think everyone respects is probably the best coached team in that conference. So I'm excited to see this game. I think you have right now the best outside of Oklahoma, the best team in the Big 12, arguably the best team. They just got to play Oklahoma. And then you have the best coached team matching up with them. This could be an upset. And even if it's not, I think it's going to be a really compelling game. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun game. Definitely one you'll want to watch. And, uh, you know, which is tough because if you go to the Duck game or you're watching the Duck game, it's on at the same time. But you can always flip it over there in between commercials or what have you, timeouts. Oh, yeah. Uh, Next one for me was Tennessee at Bama. Um, I don't really know why. I just, whatever, it's a 4 o'clock game. There ain't much on. I went with Tennessee, Bama. I hope Bama kicks the shit out of them for all their antics at Lane Kiffin and, and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's just it doesn't deserve to be in football. So I hope the Vols fans get their ass kicked and keep melting down on the message boards. Well, it's not like he threw the golf ball at himself. Now, are are you talking about the the flops on Saturday night? No, I'm talking about all the bottle throwing and stuff they were throwing at. Throwing oh, at oh, that's field. right. No, they're yeah. playing Tennessee. They're playing Tennessee. That's on me. I I was thinking Ole Miss. Yeah, no, that. I, I have no idea. I, I didn't have this game down, but I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. I just brain fart earlier. Um, I have no idea how the SEC doesn't ban fans from Knoxville. Right. Like, if, no. if that uh, happens in the Pac-12, if that happened at Autzen, George Klievkoff would say, all right, Oregon's not having fans next week. Yeah, or Rob Mullins. Rob Mullins would, would not, you know, allow for that kind of ac- activity. So, yeah. So, anyways, I, I picked that game just so I hope Bama runs it down their throats and, and you know, and Vols fans can continue to melt down because they've been melting down all week. So, yeah. it'll be, it'll be you know, it'll be worth watching. Again, slow slow week, weekend of college football. Have you ever seen behavior like that where the game shuts down for 30 minutes, golf balls are chucked at coaches, trash tossed onto the field? Have you ever seen that in a college football game? And not to that level per se, but, uh, you know, Arizona has done it to Oregon uh, before in Tucson. You know, there's a lot of blood, bad blood there because of, of fan behavior in Arizona. But that, what, what happened there was that, that's a whole different level. That, yeah. it, that, was a, that was a few water bottles and stuff. This was a whole different deal. Yeah. I, I remember some fans down there being sore after the Jeff Mayo game, but it, it, to me, paled in comparison to what I saw Saturday night. That was surreal. Um, third game for me, or, or, uh, yeah, third game for me, because I had OK State, Iowa State, and then, uh, UW, Arizona. Game three is Cincinnati Navy, 9 a.m. ESPN2. And I put that down, not because I, I think it's going to be a close one, but just this Cincinnati team has a chance to be the first G5 to ever make the playoff. And I, and I think that yeah. makes them, right now the best story in college football yeah i mean cincinnati is a team that you know as as an oregon fan you're not gonna you know you're not gonna watch them much you're not gonna see their games all that much but you know being kind of a slow quiet week in college football this would be a good chance for you to watch them and and use them as a measuring stick for where you think oregon is you know look at that program and 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 don't don't worry about you know who they've recruited or the three stars or the five stars just say hey look looks like a good football team they do this well they do this well and 
uh yeah you know good good way to wake up in the morning and uh watch some football uh i'm gonna i i might guess that our next two are the same but i have usc notre dame next uh 4 30 on nbc that definitely uh is a game to watch in my eyes because um again just like watching washington's very poor 2021 season i think uh you know most fans would enjoy will enjoy uh usc getting spanked by notre dame which is probably going to happen yeah see i i didn't put that one down just because i think usc is going to get spanked but i get it like you you want to see what happens to this program because while ultimately i think we all agree the pac-12 is better when usc is good You want USC to be good. You want that standard bearer for the conference, the way that UCLA basketball or or I I think about Stanford baseball and UCLA baseball are in college baseball. You want that team that's great and competitive nationwide. And USC hasn't been that team. <laughs> you you want to see them get there, but at the same time, you also kind of want to see them suffer on their way there first. And, and I think that's what they're going through now, is this might be the lowest point of USC football in decades. And that's saying something, because Clay drug them down pretty good, too. But yeah, they're pretty low. Uh, my last game, and, and then we can get to your finals, I believe, is I've got Utah and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you've got that yeah. one. 430 Pac-12 definitely uh you know definitely on my list of five probably the the top game for me for Oregon fans to watch this weekend yeah I don't even have Pac-12 network so I can't say I'm gonna watch that one at home but I am gonna go to a bar and I'm gonna see that one just because and and I'll preface it by saying this I have no idea no clue how the Pac-12 network got this game instead of some of the other uh televised games this weekend but Yep. Number one team in the South. If you look at the standings, number one team in the North. On paper, this is the most compelling game in the entire conference this weekend. And, and I, I don't know if it lives up to that. Again, I think Oregon can be the best team in the North, and Oregon can win a Pac-12 title if they keep winning. Um, but right now, you have the two leaders in the standings going at it, and it's inexcusable to me. This gets thrown at the middle of the day on Pac-12 Network when nobody's going to watch it. So it, it's, yeah. it's going to be a big game. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a good game. Uh, this is really, you know, I guess the measuring stick for, I feel like it's more of the measuring stick for uh, Oregon State than it is for Utah. I think we totally. know that Utah's a good team. Uh, you know, I think there's still a lot of questions is, you know, is Oregon State smoke and mirrors? Are they for real? What's what's the What's the story here? So... I guess we'll find out this weekend. Yeah, I don't know if it's smoke and mirrors necessarily, but I definitely think this team has an identity, and I think sometimes that identity can be kind of lopsided. Where, like when they when they match up with Oregon later in the year, I feel confident Oregon will beat them because Oregon has an elite secondary, and Oregon State has a a real gaping problem. They run really well on first and second down. They run really well on third and short and in the goal line, but they can't throw on long downs and distances, like third and long or or any fourth down play where you've got to make a catch and convert. They just can't do it. 
and and Washington almost beat them by shutting them down that way. Washington State did beat them by shutting them down that way. And and if I'm Utah, Kyle Whittingham, my game plan is force this team into third and long and and force this team into throwing to convert on third down. I don't think they can do it. Yeah. No, it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, a lot of the you know, a lot of the most interesting games in the Pac-12 are, are are simply just matchup based. You know what your your strengths and your weaknesses are versus your opponents, and that's what makes you know this Oregon UCLA game such an intriguing game. Is you know ultimately you know UCLA strengths or the or excuse me weaknesses are when they face a bigger, more physical team, mm-hmm. which is typically Oregon. Uh, so it'll 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 be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I, and and I I think. With, with that game, it, we'll, we'll talk about this more in a minute with lock of the week and, and our predictions. But like, if you get week one UCLA, where they whoop on LSU and they are the more physical team throughout, and you get week two Oregon, where they go to Columbus and they out physical the Buckeyes, that could be the most like fun from a from an old school Smash Mouth perspective, the most fun college football game of the weekend. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. If we if we get that, which is is seems like a big ask at this point. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be in you're gonna be in for a treat of a hell of a football game for sure. Yeah. All righty. Um, last game for me, and I I could have put down USC Notre Dame here. I put this one down just because I think it's a little more relevant for Oregon. Number five Ohio State at Indiana. Four thirty on ABC. I've been saying all year, and I'll keep saying it. You want Ohio State to win out if you're a Ducks fan. You want Ohio State to make a really, really good statement to the rest of the country and pad that Oregon win in Columbus as a result. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. You know, we talked about style points earlier. And, uh, you know, yeah, o- o- Oregon kind of needs some. And one source of those style points can be Ohio State and and their season, and they're looking really good right now. So, yeah, keep them winning. They should roll all the way through Indiana with no problems. But, you know, again, every time that they look good every week helps Oregon a little bit, although Oregon needs to start helping themselves at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and they've got a chance. College game day coming to Pasadena. The nation hopefully watching that one, and uh, obviously we'll be watching that as well. Uh, that's five games. Now, lock of the week and our expectations as uh, we wrap on football. Lock of the week. A prediction so good, it's locked in. Now, that sounds better than it is sometimes, especially for me. Justin, it's like like free money. Bet whatever he locks. But for me, you really got to cross your fingers and pray. Uh, I'll let you go first, my friend. What's your lock of the week? Uh, you know, I've gone back and forth. I think there's a lot of ways you can go with this. And, uh, you know, just for whatever reason, something's compelling me to say that the, the general Verone McKinley is going to get back to his, his sneaky ways and he's going to have two picks this week. And, you know, I think, you know, part of that will be by the design of the Oregon defense. Uh, I think they will look to make, UCLA, uh, not one-dimensional, but I think they will challenge uh, DTR to beat them. And although DTR can make some throws, he's he's erratic at times too. He's definitely not consistent. 
Um, and I think, I think Oregon's going to look to play into that. And Verone McKinley will find himself in the right spot at the right time. And uh, we'll get two of what I'm going to call very much needed interceptions for the Ducks. Oh, yeah. No, if that happens, you feel good about an Oregon win on Saturday. Verone McKinley, two picks. Boy, that would be awesome. Uh, I'm going to lock in Travis Dye, two touchdowns at 100 yards minimum. Because I, I really feel like last game, fourth quarter, Oregon trails, Travis Dye carries them to the victory. I thought he ran harder than I've ever seen him run at that tailback spot. And I, I feel like you have the best pass-catching running back in the conference and one of the best pass catchers in the country in Travis Dye. I've said for a long time, I think he could be even better in the NFL than he is in college because he's such a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, I think this is the game where Oregon features him. This is the game where he carries them and runs hard and the Oregon offense gets going. Yeah, I like the die pick. You know, Oregon is obviously a better offense when he's going. And, uh, you know, I, I think pound for pound, there's not really anybody tougher on the football team, uh, again, pound for pound, than, than die. I mean, he just runs so hard. He's, he's explosive. Uh, last year, his numbers were absolutely gaudy, uh, both in the run and pass game, just his, his uh, yards per run and yards per catch. So uh, I love your pick. Uh, he is definitely going to need to play big. Uh, I think he'll be somewhere uh, up over 200 total yards of offense for Oregon. Uh, and, and quite frankly, they're going to need that from him in order to be successful because we know the Ducks have troubles, you know, passing the ball downfield. And if that's the case, uh, look to your running backs and your tight ends to try and help you out with that. And Oregon's going to need some pass game on Saturday. Yeah. In terms of game picks, I'm not going to be as confident as I was when Oregon went to Stanford because – well, I kind of looked like an idiot after that game, telling you I didn't think it was going to be close, and I thought Oregon would just out-physical them to death. Uh, I, I, I still am going to pick an Oregon win until they don't, just because on paper this is a more talented roster than anybody else in the conference. What are you predicting on Saturday? Yeah, put up my prediction, or our predictions, excuse me, on Scoop Duck uh, from myself, Joel Gunderson, Jared. Uh, core patty uh everybody but core patty uh had oregon winning he had oregon with a narrow loss to ucla uh i went 37 34 ironically enough ironically enough off of a camden lewis field goal winning kick uh for the ducks so who knows if that's right but yeah i went with the ducks winning but i did i, I it was 37 34 i did not i do not have them winning big here yeah that sounds about right and and i i kind of smile when you tell me that paul aka corpati gets to play contrarian man I, I think he loves that role sometimes a little bit i think i think so <laughs> but you know pretty 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 level-headed uh you know pick from him i i can totally see why somebody would pick ucla uh to win uh Quite frankly, Oregon just needs to play better football, period. Yeah, yeah, that's the headline coming out of this. Oregon needs to play better. Fans all agree, and we hope we see it on Saturday. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We, we do this podcast every week. It's a labor of love, and we're really, 
really appreciative that you listen. So uh, reach out to us, you know, share the app, share the uh, the pod with with friends and fans. And uh, if you ever have any concerns, feel free to reach out. Justin's got his site. They put the thread up every week. And we're on Twitter as well, at jhopkinssd, at Bagley Sports. Love talking to Duck fans out there. Thank you for listening, and go Ducks.